TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Into our number three here on a Friday. John Dickinson and Larry Kruger as we are with you until 6 o'clock. In for Damon and Ratto. 888-957-9570 as the Warriors host the Blazers tonight, which means Warriors Live tips off at 6 p.m. here on 95.7 The Game presented by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi. Unbeatable internet only from Xfinity as the Warriors looking to make it four in a row here on this homestand. I've been talking a lot throughout the afternoon here about just reflecting on 2022 and what a wild year it's been for the Bay Area from the Niners and their run to the NFC Championship game, all the quarterback back and forth, uh, and the position that they currently sit right now with two games to go as they head into 2023, 11-4, eight in a row. Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback, and it feels like they believe they've got a shot to win the Super Bowl. The Warriors running it back and winning an NBA title in June, and that playoff run, uh, just unbelievable stuff there from the Golden State Warriors. And then the Giants coming off 107 wins, and just uh, ugh, just a just a ugly uh, just an ugly ugly season. And then the off season, they try to get Aaron Judge, can't try to get Correa. That blows up in their face. And and now they head into 2023 looking like maybe they're not even better than they were in 2022 with Gabe Kapler and Farhan Zaidi trying to trying to explain it away. So, yeah. uh, but what a uh, weird weird year for them. Weird year for them when you think about it cuz they won 107 games. They set the franchise record coming into this year. And yet attendance was down. How much of that was the pandemic? I don't know, but you know, you win 107, you think you're going to have some momentum going into the next year ticket-wise. They clearly didn't. And then this year's giant team was just boring. I mean, there's wor- I've seen worse Giants team. They finish f- teams. They finish 500. Um, we've seen many worse Giants teams, but this year's Giants team was like total snooze. I mean, just a real snooze fest. And so they knew it, and they were kind of adamant about kind of changing things around. And they went after Aaron Judge, and I don't know if he toyed with them and used them, or if he legitimately only Aaron Judge and his wife really know if he was very serious about coming here. But he went back to New York. That didn't. I don't think you can be critical of the Giants for that because when you're the toast of Manhattan, you're not you're not leaving. You know what I mean? So I don't blame the Giants for losing out on Aaron Judge, but they did create kind of an expectation of not necessarily judge, but some big name something. And here we are, almost January 1st, and that big name player has not come across. And he really can't now unless there's some unless kind there's, of a trade. Unless there's some kind of a trade. So they're they're in kind of a weird spot for sure. Um, and as far as you know, the rest of this year has gone, I mean, I, one guy I wanted to ask you about as far as... Um, you know, watching the Warriors the last couple of weeks. Because to me, this Warrior season this year has been kind of odd. Uh, you know, they started initially, and I thought, okay, what's it going to look like? They didn't look good out of the shoot. Then they oh. kind of regrouped. They looked a little better in the second second phase of the season. Now they're looking even a little bit better. Um, you know, and I, I really believe the one advantage Golden State has is that, like, a lot of NBA teams grow apart over the length of the season. I think Kerr is a master at keeping everybody going. And I think that's because he was a bench player. 
And so he knows how to bring the bench along. You know what I mean? So you get the feeling that the Warriors stay together as a team. I was telling my Kings fans, uh, King, Kings fans friends up in SAC, basically, that, that Mike Brown's going to do that for SAC this year. He's going to keep that team together. You know, they're going to stay together. But the guy i got to ask you about, J.D., is, is Patrick Baldwin. Because I thought Baldwin really looked... Not just, you know, obviously he's got a nice shot. I mean, the, it's textbook coming out of his hands. He was a team best plus 13 in 13 minutes. He had 11 points, 4-7 shooting, 4 rebounds. He looks like kind of an old soul. He's a beneath-the-rim kind of a player, mm-hmm. but he looks more like a veteran player. What do you think? I mean, Golden State's looking at all their bench and saying, okay, can we, you know, they know they're starting five plus Poole plus DiVincenzo. That's going to be seven guys in their nine-man rotation. Mm-hmm. Come playoff time, the whole rest of the season is about getting that six seed or better and finding two more guys. Is there any chance in your mind that as we sit here at the end of December, that Patrick Baldwin could be a rotation player in the playoffs? I would say probably not, just because the Warriors are, are so focused on their their pecking order. As far as just you know, making sure that that either a veteran or some of these other younger players that are farther along in terms of experience get their opportunities before Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rollins, the most recent of of the two picks. But so I think it would almost take an injury or or something to where Baldwin gets more opportunities and then makes the most of them, like he did in in the game the other night. But. I like his game. I mean, I, I like how the shot how is beautiful. Smooth he is shooting it and confident in shooting it. Son of a coach. He, he seems to have a seems to have a really high basketball IQ. He seems like I a warrior. He seems like a great fit. Were you? I was, was. Was that the show that you and I did together when Rollins and uh, and um, Baldwin came in studio? Yeah, I was going. Actually, I think I was going to be, and then the last second, I ended up on a different show that day. But I think we were going to do that show. So they were in here for an hour. And just like both those guys are really impressive. I'm, I would love to buy stock in both those guys' NBA future. Absolutely. I think Rollins, is, Rollins, every time I watch him, I like him. And Baldwin is just, he's, he, you know, just talk to him about the game. He's, he's more advanced than most guys his age. What I wonder is because of the restrictions for the two way players, and, and the two way players, Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome, they can only play in, in 50 regular season games. They're both, I think, approaching 20. Yeah. I think Lamb's maybe 29 and Jerome's 23. I think I, I might be off by one there, but they can only play in 50. I wonder if at some point, because they can only at this point keep one of them, convert one of them into a, a, a roster spot because they only have one roster spot open. I wonder if Baldwin could do some of the things Anthony Lamb does. And and if he could, because they're both shooters. Anthony Lamb's been kind of up and down. I, I've said this to you. I think there are nights where he kind of looks like a G leaguer. He had an air ball in yeah, the fourth yeah, quarter. And the other night. Yeah, like he's a little overwhelmed by the NBA, the speed of the game, and things like that. There's nights where it's like, oh, he's he can clearly shoot it. You know, knock down three or four three pointers, and and he can help you get a win. But I wonder if Baldwin can. You know, he's an interesting player. I think if he can just be steady defensively, not kill you defensively. You like his length, you like his basketball IQ, you like his shooting ability, and he becomes somebody that I think is extremely valuable with other combinations. You know, it's always about combinations of players, right? If you're going to have Kaminga on the floor, could you play Kaminga and Baldwin together? Like Baldwin, to me, could play some stretch four, but he could also, I think, play some three with more of a bulldozer type four, you know, in in Kaminga. If if you're going to have them out there, uh, you know, at the same time, so I, I just I wonder if he could become could he be Bielitsa this year? Yeah, he could become oh, Bielitsa was almost strictly a five, so probably not. But I just wonder if he could maybe take some of those Anthony Lamb minutes to a point where maybe you don't need Lamb to be somebody that takes up a playoff roster spot yeah. between I, I, I'm not years. seeing Lamb. I'm not seeing it. I don't, I'm not getting what they're getting. I don't see what they see uh, in Anthony Lamb. I know he's hit some shots, but the one thing I love about Baldwin is that he's a perimeter shooter who shoots it from high up, mm-hmm. and he's got beautiful form, 
And you're talking about a 6'10 player. So, like, when you have a 6'10 guy who shoots it really high up. It's hard to get to. That creates more space on the basketball floor because you got to really close out on a 6'10 guy who shoots it that high to uh, to bother his shot. And he to me, it's like, if you're really about pace and space, and you know that they are... Um, doesn't he? Doesn't he create that space? He does. He does. He's he's an interesting player, and he has looked comfortable offensively on an NBA floor when he's gotten opportunities. So, does he get more? We'll see. I know he spoke to the fact that he thought the second half of the Brooklyn game. It's always funny to see what ends up clicking for somebody. But the second half of that Brooklyn game, which most people probably turned off, they're down forty at the half, and you know, that was the game where Wiseman went for thirty. But right. he knocked down five three pointers in in that third quarter, uh, where they, you know, made a forty point game an eighteen point game, and they were never going to win. But it was basically all of the young guys playing together, and you know, on a on a pretty big stage in terms of uh, you know one of the hottest teams in the league in Brooklyn. Baldwin went out there and you know didn't have to. You know, there wasn't a lot of stress, but but he he would look real comfortable and said that that gave him confidence to know that if he had to go back in a game in different circumstances, he could he could get the job done, and and he did. He helped them win the other night. Yeah, I'd like to see him get more run. I I, I just right now it's you know it's a little bit of a projection because he's barely played. Sure, but if somehow you you know you got all of January, all of March, all of February, all of you know you got several months here between the playoffs. Um, I, I would love to see what it would look like if he, you know, was out there. Outside of Clay Thompson, he might have the. I mean, obviously Steph is Steph, but Clay's got this beautiful, unbelievable, almost unmatched form. It's just so buttery. Yeah. You watch Baldwin; it's similar. I mean, it's similar. He's got a really nice shot. He does. Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Other big topic of discussion is we had Steve Kerr on yesterday here on, on ninety five seven. The game. We're going to rerun that full interview during Warriors Live at, at six o'clock. But uh, a few clips from that. And, and the big question, Allen asked Coach Kerr if he thinks that the Warriors are, are turning a corner this season. That was the question du jour the last few days. Here's, here's what Steve said. Until we win on the road, it's tough to say we've turned a corner. But I, I will say that last night's game uh, and the night before against Charlotte, it, it just felt different. It felt like we you know, we had to, to really gut those games out, and we were making winning plays. You know, one of the things that happened last night, we we had a couple of fouls that we uh, used kind of late fourth quarter. You know, we weren't automatically giving them, but we were forced into them because of what was happening on the floor, but we weren't in the bonus yet. And so it was just side out of bounds. And I mean, you guys know this for most of the season, those fouls are free throws because we're fouling so much early in the period. Now, now teams are getting free throws every time there's a foul. So just that alone for me makes a huge difference. You know, defending without fouling leads to better control of the game. And then it allows you to be a little more aggressive defensively, you know, late in the games. And, and that's, that's something that happened last night. So there's definitely been a lot of growth. And and all of the stoppages too, with a lot of the fouls and the free throw shooting, prevents the Warriors from getting a rhythm with the way they want to play offensively and the, and the tempo. It's always funny the things that stand out to a to a coach, but he's he's rolling as far as the the meat of that answer at the beginning with haven't turned it till they start showing something on the road. I mean, they got the best home record in the league. They got the worst road r- road record in the league. I hear what he's saying. I mean, you know, fifteen and two at home, three and sixteen on the road. I was looking at some of the numbers as far as the breakdown and why. It's defense. Um, well, I mean, one thing is that they they do score one nineteen at home on average. They score one thirteen on the road. So they're not quite scoring on the road is the same. I just think it has to do with they got a young team and a young t- you know it, you got to have you got to be able to block out the crowd and maybe that's difficult for young players. They also probably JD I mean if you went through the schedule with a fine tooth comb they probably should have four or five more wins, right? I mean they sh- they they had a shot in Orlando, they had a shot against Charlotte, they had a 9 point lead against Sacramento. I mean right they had a shot against Utah. They lost all those games. Yeah. So Orlando I mean, went to overtime and lost. Yeah, so I mean, there's four, there's four or five more wins right there that could make this season look dramatically different. Um, but I got to think that it's the that it has a lot to do with the fact that you got five guys on this team that are 22 or younger. 
So you got, you know, you got some real, I mean, they really committed to the youth movement this year and they're paying for it on the road. I mean, at least that would be my observation, man. You're watching these games closer than I am. What yeah, do you see I, on the road? I mean, I, it really has been, you know, there's been almost, in a way, four separate seasons at this point. They've been bad on the road in, in all of them. <laughs> there's there's no, but I look at the three and seven start, and then they were 10 and four. Then they had the two and seven stretch with the injuries and that this road trip, and now they're three and oh during, during this home stretch. So it's almost four different segments. But I think, and, and I've said this a lot, they, they wanted to coast a little bit coming out. I think the veterans wanted to coast a little bit coming out of you know with the championship hangover and all of that. And I think that's where they led a lot of young teams on that trip where you mentioned three or four games they could have won. They let a lot of young teams just get comfortable because it was basically open gym. And, hey, you score, we'll score. Uh, it's going to be 120 to 120 with about three minutes left, and then we're going to put the clamps down. And then they were searching for something that, that wasn't there or they couldn't get or they'd miss a shot or they'd have a weird turnover or somebody would foul and they'd be in the bonus like Steve Kerr was talking about. And they just didn't execute in those final three minutes, like we're so used to seeing them execute in playoff games where, where everything's on the line and you're trying to win a championship. And then they didn't. And so I think that was that was part of it. And I, I always tend to look at the best players first. And, and now it's not on any one of them, although Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole were not great at the beginning of the year. I think Steph and Draymond, for the most part, have been pretty, you know, Steph was great. Draymond, okay. Wiggins was pretty good. But they kind of coasted. And then there were other games where the Warriors would get off to great starts. And then, to your point, they would try to go to the young bench. And the young bench would just immediately give it all back. And then the veterans are trying to work harder than I think they want to, to to get the lead back up or to finish some of these games. And again, it comes back to them being being unable to. And, and I think they put their foot down at 3-7. and seven. Steve Kerr went away from the young players, basically took Moody completely out of the rotation. They shipped off Wiseman to Santa Cruz. Kaminga was pulled for a few games where he wasn't playing at all or very, you know, four or five minutes, one little shift. And at that point... It, it, they started playing better. DiVincenzo came back. They started playing better. Got to 13 and 11. And then they couldn't quite finish that homestand. They lost the weird game to Indiana. They blew the game at Utah. Came back, won the game against Boston. And then the road trip with all the injuries. And, and that kind of set them up to this position of where I've called it a little fragile desperation type mode for this week and, and next week while they're at home. So I think there's there's a lot of little nuanced you know, segments of the season to this point. But I, I think for the most part, the, the most overarching probably generality of the home versus road for me is just they haven't been as locked in defensively as they need to be to finish those games when they're when they're close down the stretch. What, what's your thought on on the way Poole has played with uh, with Steph out? Because I was looking at some of the numbers. He's scoring. Yeah. I mean, he's and scoring he to. Like that's, 28 a game yeah. since Steph uh, went out in the last 10 games. But also close to five turnovers per game. That's a lot of turnovers. It's a lot of turnovers, but if you're going to be the primary ball handler, I mean, there are a lot of nights where Steph will have, and, and not every night, but there, there are some nights where it'll be four or five turnovers for him, four or five turnovers for Draymond, and, and, and you just kind of have to live with it a little bit. They need him almost as a baseline, talking about Poole, to score 25 to 30 every one of these games without Steph, almost regardless of how he... Now, you don't want him to be 10 for 30 to do it, but... He's taking, uh, in the last 10 games, he's taking 2.73, or he's taking 9.83s, and he's making 2.7. Yeah. So he's taking almost 10 a game. He's not even making 30%. No, and that's that's not going to cut it. He's getting to the line more. But again, I think the, the, the overall number, it just in terms of points, you want it to be efficient, but... Even the bad games, you still got to have 25 to 30. And I think he's done that, which has allowed others to to have a shot to, I think, impact the game. I, I keep coming back to the, the grind and, and the way that they've played, the force that they've played this three-game stretch with. I think Memphis gets them all riled up because of the, the rivalry there. All the, and, 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 and Memphis has talked huge. That's just a game you want bad. And I think there was... 
a little bit of carryover in sh- from the Charlotte game. They got off to a good start against Charlotte, which I think helped them to where, uh-oh, that game gets tight with five minutes to go. And that's where Kaminga rises to the occasion and, and really just doggedly uh, willed them to the win with four or five you know big plays on, on both ends. And I think Draymond the other night against Utah, I mean, with the the block on Vanderbilt at the rim. I mean, yeah. he's just a, he had a couple huge just blocks a down the stretch. monster performance from Draymond. It just, you know, the, he, he's just a leader on that end and, and the engine and all of those things. So I, I like what I've seen. I got to keep seeing it. Like I'm, I'm not one of these. And I heard Steiny and Evan talking about it earlier. Like, Hey, I think they're going six and two, seven and one. Maybe it's definitely on the table, but they, it, they got to keep it up. You know, they got to, tonight I think is the, the, Biggest challenge, maybe the other than the Memphis game, this is the, maybe the toughest game on the whole homestand. You know, so you know, it, it is funny, JD, because you you know, there's two different kinds of approaches that you hear with Warrior fans. You get the Warrior fan that's, I think, really into the micro of every game and has got a number of real concerns, sure. right? And you hear it all day on the radio station. Then you see them the way they played against Boston and the way they played on Christmas against Memphis and. The, you know the knowledge that they they know where the gold is right they've got mm-hmm. the map where everybody else is kind of like I don't know I th- well we just keep playing better and you know, we just you know maybe things will go our way in April and May nobody else in the West really has the the game you know the map where the gold is the Golden State Warriors do so I don't know I'm just in that mode right now where after watching them on Christmas and watching them beat Boston I'm in the I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I, I I think the whole rest of the year is about, you know, just win enough games to try to be a top six seed, as you were saying the other day. If they can get to, you know, be a top six seed, that's great. And then what else do you have to determine? You mean, maybe Bob Myers makes a trade at the back end of the roster for one rotation piece. Most likely not. I don't think it's a necessity at all, but possibly that could change their equation. Other than that, You've got you've got your starters. You got Pool. You got Divincenzo. You're gonna have a nine deep rotation. You got your seven deep right there. So you got a bunch of options. Is Iguodala in your rota- rotation? Is uh, Baldwin in the rotation? Is Wiseman in the rotation? What's Kuminga's role? What's Moody's role? Does Moody have a role? You know, is Jermichael Green in part of this rotation? So he's got. Anyway, not to mention, he seems like Steve really likes Ty Jerome. Um, he likes him more than yeah. I like him. He puts him out there as a secondary ball handler. He obviously has some faith in Ty Jerome, but that to me is the is what the rest of the regular season is about. Win enough games. Don't be an eight seed. Don't be a nine seed. Try to get there in the middle somewhere, five, six. Um, the top seeds are probably out of range. And find two players. Find two players that you feel comfortable in, in your rotation. Get it solidified by the middle of April, and you're ready to roll. Rich in Fremont at 888-957-9570. What's up, Rich? Hey, what's up, guys? First of all, stellar job this week, man. You guys have been, been hang, holding it down, so great job. Um, thanks for taking my call. I just want to say, sure. really, when it comes down to it with the Golden State Warriors, is they still have, in my opinion, the ability to maneuver their season. Um, we had Steve Kerr say at the beginning of the season, they asked about the roster then, and he told me, he said, well, look, we're, 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 we're going to experiment. And, you know, the last time Steve Kerr said that, they won a championship. So I don't, I don't have uh, less faith in, in, in the brain trust, more so than, you know, two things, obviously health being a, an issue, and then also the guys being consistent on following the direction that Kerr's given them, okay? Because as long as they continue to do those things, you're going to get the wins like they've had the last three games. But when guys start slacking off and, you know, and, and not rotating like they're supposed to and not, you know, covering the perimeter, because they definitely do that tonight. He's covering the perimeter because Dane Dollar's coming in, okay? And we know he can shoot it. So they have to do those things in order to get the key wins they need to be able to change their season. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for the call. Yeah, appreciate the uh, the call. I'm eager to see what uh, what the tonight's game looks like because you, you got Lillard. If you look at the Blazers, Blazers are like two different teams. When when Dame's out there, they're thirteen and nine. When he's not, they're five and seven. 
And, you know, now he's got a little bit of a... I like what they've done in Portland. I mean, I don't think they're a title contender, but Anthony Simons is is playing the best ball of his career. Jeremy Grant was a really nice addition. Um, I think he looks so much better with the Blazers than I remember him looking with the Pistons. I, I, he, he's just taking it to a different level. But the Blazers roll into this one dinged up as well. Is Nurkic not going to go, or is he going to go? He's got a calf injury, but I saw that yeah, they said probable this morning. And now he's questionable. Now he's questionable. Now he's yeah. questionable on the latest. On the latest, he's playing report. well. Yeah, he's playing well, and and he can he can be a handful. I know the Warriors when they've had their full complement over the years have been able to to run him off the floor a little bit, get him in some pick and roll situations, and and make it difficult for him to be uh, a defender against them. But but he's also hurt them on the interior and and on the boards, and you know he's he, he's a nice player. So yeah, we'll see if he goes or not. But yeah, this is a game where you're playing shorthanded. I I wouldn't look at to, you know it, it's winnable for sure. It's also losable if if you don't play well and and Portland does play well. I mean, anytime you go into it, I mean, Dame Lillard has the potential to be. I mean, he's the best player on the floor coming into the game, uh, and, and it's a homecoming, yeah. and he no always doubt. plays well here. And yeah, um, you know, I mean, he, yeah, he's a, he is he's such a good player. He really is. I mean, I get the feeling if Lillard played in, in the mecca there at the Garden, uh, New York City, man, he would be on the side of buildings. He would be his name would come up as one of the greats in the league. I sometimes I feel like playing out in Portland, he doesn't quite get the love that he should get. No, and I mean he's had opportunities to to leave if he wanted to, I think, but he he's been loyal to them and, and they've paid him handsomely for it. But it, it sounds like he'd rather he'd rather try to push forward and keep trying to, to grow in Portland and win one there as opposed to trying to bounce around and chase it. So great player. I mean, you know, uh, I I think he has tremendous guts. I remember seeing him at Weber State, thinking, "Wow, this guy, this guy's got athleticism. He's got an outside shot. He, I think he made like eighty five percent from the foul line in yeah. that in that conference in college." I'm like, "Wow, this guy is being overlooked." Uh, by NBA teams, and he has just been spectacular. All right, he's Larry Kruger. I'm John Dickinson. Festus Azili is going to join us next. We'll continue the Dubs conversation. Uh, more phone calls coming up as well as we are presented by CalHope.org. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All right, moving along here on a Friday. John Dickinson and Larry Kruger in for Damon and Ratto. We've got Warriors Live at 6. Let's get back to the guest line here. And joining us is Warriors analyst at NBC Sports Bay Area, Festus Azili, joining us here on 95.7 The Game, former Warriors big man. Festus, how you doing? Uh, Great to, to have you with us here on a Friday. JD, happy Friday. What's going on, Larry? Hey, how you doing, Festus? Thanks yeah. for having me on. Yeah, man, we're just uh get your thoughts just kind of generally on on the three games so far on the homestand and and the Warriors ability to to start slowly seeing more production from some of the the young players and the the lottery picks and the and the two-way guys, right? Really when they when they need it most. 
you have to think this Warriors team coming into the season, there was a lot of talk about the depth of this team. And so we, we always knew that the bench was talented, but the chemistry was not there yet. Young guys had more of a bigger, a bigger role this season. They hadn't figured it out playing without fouling, you know, being able to score the chemistry on the offensive end, defensively, all these different things. I think that having time on the court, you know, with missing Steph and Andrew Wiggins, I think has given the young guys a lot of chance for them to, to really gain confidence. It's really hard to play the game, especially as a young guy looking over your shoulders, worrying about making a mistake. So, you know, James Wiseman went down to the G League. He came back a better player. He's better. He looks way better on on the defensive end. He always could play on the offensive end. Has great touch. But you see guys like Anthony Lamb, who has been playing a big role for the Warriors. He's just stepping up. Dante DiVincenzo. He's healthy now, so he's also getting in rhythm. Getting Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is, is a stud. We know that already. But what you're starting to see is the evolution of the young guys, and you know, playmaking ability of Jonathan Kaminga is something that is really sticking out to me. He's looking out for James Wiseman. He's looking out for his other players. And then he's also playing defense and taking pride in that. So when you start putting these pieces together and you think about Andrew Wiggins coming back and thinking about Steph coming back, I think this is a thing that, that could end up being very good for the Warriors this, this period right now that you could have, I think when you found out that Steph was going to be out, you look at this period as, oh, well, the Warriors just need to stay afloat. Well, the Warriors' motto is we just got to keep getting better. The motto and the slogan has always been strength in numbers. And so when one guy goes down, everybody else steps up. And it's also important that Steph has been in Jordan Poole's ear. You hear him talk about how Steph is telling him what to look for in a game and how to get better. Andre Godala has been in Kaminga's ear. Jermon has also been in Wiseman's ear. So you have these young guys also being tutored by the best in the game, Hall of Famers. This is one of the rare times in the history of the game where you have a team winning a championship, and young guys watching that you think, I think personally, that these young guys are going to be winning championships themselves in the future. But right now, the team is focused on winning one this year. And I think that right now, this is this is a proper evolution for this team to, to go through. You know, DiVincenzo has really impressed me. I didn't realize he had as much game as he has. Um, and, and Portland is yet to see GP2 hit the floor. We're not going to see him tonight either. And I, I understand why Golden State did what they did, right? They didn't re-sign uh, GP2, and they didn't re-sign Otto. And they saved, you know, $60 million in luxury taxes. And it was probably the smart move. But Monty Poole's got an article up right now at NBC Sports Bay Area about how the Warriors still miss GP2. Do, do you think that is indeed the case? Um, and is Kuminga's like, recent defensive effort, is that starting to make them miss GP2 a little less? I think what you saw, what, what I want to first start off by saying, you say the Warriors saved $60 million luxury tax. You have to remember that the, the Warriors are also way above the luxury tax and what they're paying because they paid their guys in, in Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. So they're trying to keep that continuity. But in the game of basketball, after you win a championship, it's really hard to keep everybody because that success, everybody else wants a little bit of that success. So the good thing on the Portland Trailblazers is to pay uh, uh, GP2 because he was very deserving of his contract. He played amazing last season. His defensive effort was one of the reasons why we were able to win against Dallas, to win against uh, Memphis, and to go ultimately to the championship and the effects he had there in the finals. So you know that he was big for this team. But I think what you saw in their decision-making is the Golden State Warriors also feeling like they have the tools here with these young guys as well. Um, Jonathan Kaminga is showing you that. I personally think that Jonathan Kaminga can be a defensive player of the year candidate in the future. Uh, for sure, a first-team all-defensive player. And, and you see Dante DiVincenzo and the defensive ability he brings to the team – you know, this team is very deep, and the Warriors always do such a great job of drafting dudes or uh, uh, bringing free agents in that people sometimes give up on. You have to think about Andrew Wiggins. He was not known as a defensive player when he came to this team. But just this will to win that is contagious, I think it starts with Steph Curry, and it starts with Steve Kerr and Bob Myers and even the ownership. And it trickles all the way down. And I think that when people join this organization, 
they're very intent on doing all the little things to win. And I think they believe in these young guys and, and their abilities as well. Festus Azili joining us here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, I, I just I got to ask you about Draymond. I mean, a couple of big blocks the other night against Utah to help finish that one off in, in big moments. And, and, and I think, you know, him and Clay, but really I think it's it's Draymond here with, with Steph and with Wiggins out that's that it's they he's led the the grit brigade really like i think in all three of these games it's been kind of nasty and and you know defensive minded and and yeah they hit some shots against memphis but but to win shorthanded it it really has in in my mind started with draymond putting his imprint on you know what if this team has to win nasty we'll win nasty and and i feel like clay's kind of done that as a secondary player and everybody else has fallen in line off of that just what what have you seen from draymond here in in really showing how important he can be to this team even when steph isn't there with them draymond has shown that throughout his career. This goes all the way back to high school and then being the championship player at Michigan State in college. Draymond's a winner. You know, coming in with him as a rookie, we were both rookies together. We were drafted to this team together. And seeing the intensity he brought to practice every day, he makes everybody step their games up. And this was him as a rookie. And so now him as a veteran, this is a new journey for Draymond. And for every championship team, every season is different. So this team was really struggling with with chemistry and the bench chemistry. One thing that you saw that Coach Kerr did is he put Draymond in with the second unit. And what that did, even though Draymond is not necessarily an offensive scoring player, he is still an offensive player in the way that he creates shots for his teammates. I was a big benefactor of that because of the way that he would throw me lobs, all the things. And then on the defensive end, I think he's such a great communicator. He's so loud on the defensive end. And he's telling people where to be and talking things out. And it makes the game a little simpler for people. Last night or a couple of nights ago against uh, the Utah Jazz, Laurie Markkinen got off to a great start. Part of the reason was because Draymond was playing help defense and going off of him and then coming back recovering to a shooter. He hit, what, three three three-pointers in the first quarter? You know, go, they go off for this crazy run. So Coach Crow makes the adjustment, takes Draymond off of him. Draymond's still helping and, and going back to him. But the adjustment is... Understanding that Draymond, he, the imprint that he puts on the game, there's so many different facets, all the way from the defensive end to the offensive end. You see him being more aggressive now, taking big three-pointers against teams. Like th- He's just a winner. Like There's no way to quantify what a winner is. I don't think that the, the stat sheet even tells you everything that he does. Even when he has triple-doubles, it still doesn't tell the full story of the imprint uh, and, the, and the impact that he has on the game. And so... Draymond was such a, a pleasure for me to work with and to play with. I understand that his defensive edge is also one of the things that gives this team his winning prowess. So this team is, yeah, this team very much depends on his on his energy every night. We're talking to Festus Cezili, the pride of Jesuit High School in uh, Sacramento, where my brother <laughs> my brother sends his kids up to Jesuit. There. Shout out Carmichael. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, high school, yes. There you go. Hey. First stop when I came to the United States. I know. Too bad you couldn't Festus. play with them, man. They, that would have been incredible. You would have been lighting up Sacramento. Yeah, as a, as a Sacramento kid, Festus, my parents actually live about five minutes from from Jesuit still to to this day. So I, I know the I know the area well, my man. <laughs> Well, you have to remember, when I came to the United States, I was 15 years old, and I, I wish I could have played for them, but that was my first time picking up a basketball. And at 16, I, when I tried out for the team, I got released because I, it was too late. They said it was too late for me to start trying to learn because like, there was so much going on at the time. So uh, I wish I got to play high school ball because I watch a lot of these kids right now and all the skills and all the friendships that they built through the years. I wish I got to play high school, but... Luckily for me, I had uh, a crazy work ethic. I still was able to get to college, and I had a lot of great coaches and people around me that inspired me. But I still got some of that, some of those experiences. But high school basketball, I watch high school basketball now, and it's a lot of fun. Well, you know what? You probably got some great advice along the way because you went to Vandy and got yourself a terrific education, and now uh, you're doing an incredible job on NBC Sports Bay Area. I got to ask you about James Wiseman. Um, I thought he was great on Christmas against Memphis. He went for 30 against uh, the against Brooklyn, um, against the Nets earlier. And I, I just wish he had been up the whole year. But you, you had a chance to play in Santa Cruz. What do you see differently? Because you're watching James as a guy who played that position. What do you see differently between the James Wiseman that, you know, pre-Santa Cruz this last run and, and what he's been since he returned? 
Um, I, I'm going to add a different James Wiseman to that. I, I'm going to add the, the James Wiseman that was drafted because that guy, when he came in the court, like I was watching uh, a game from 2021 and I saw a James Wiseman on the court um, that was, he just was phenomenal. The way he was flying all over the court, the way that he was running and just the confidence in his body. But unfortunately gets injured, has a knee injury and misses the whole rest of the season. Um, coming back on the court after all this time, I think there's there's two facets to this. One of them is you are a rookie trying to adjust to the game, so there's a few things that you have to learn. You have to learn adjust to the speed of the game. You have to adjust to the defensive pace of the game. Everybody's faster, stronger. You you got to think he only played a couple of games in college, so it pretty much was coming from high school. And so the pace of the game is way different. These are grown men now, and these are, these are the best in the world. So he is adjusting to that, but also he's coming back from an injury. So he's learning to trust his body. I think that the, the process is hard for, for anybody. If you don't look at the process the right way, I think you could, you could fall victim to it. But I love his approach. He's come in and said, you know what? I have to go down to the G League. It might feel like a demotion, which it, it sometimes to a lot of people it is. But for him, if you use the process correctly, like you look at a Jordan Poole and the way he went to the G League and now got rewarded later because now he's playing amazing on the court, scoring and doing all the different things, but it's also he got rewarded uh, uh, contract-wise, then if you see that, then you're also inclined and you're inspired to, to follow the same track. So for him, what I've seen in improvement is his defensive awareness. He's able, a guy that can jump from the dotted line and dump the ball. On the defensive end, you know that he can do the same thing. He can recover a lot of ground and jump straight up. He's an athletic, one of the most athletic people you can see in the NBA. I think for him is getting used to his body again. That's one, trusting your body after injury. But it's also the defensive awareness on the court. On the offensive end, I think James Wiseman is a natural. He gets the ball. He's got such a great touch around the rim, great shot, uh, and just amazing footwork. But I think, you know, just the ability to trust his body again and then having the awareness, watching Draymond, watching Kevon Looney, and learning how to screen to get these guys open. Because ultimately, when you get Stephen Clay open, you're getting yourself open. Because when you get them open, the defense has to react. And your man has to jump out there or else that's a three. So uh, that, in turn, is you getting open and getting an easy shot. So I think I see him learning more and more about the game and him coming back. I just love his approach to the game. He's such a good kid, and I can't wait to, to be able to spend some time with him and really just impact whatever knowledge I got from, from Steve Kerr and, and the older guys, you know, Andrew Bogut and all the guys alike. Festus, thanks a lot for the time. We really appreciate it. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. Happy right. New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. Festus Azili joining us here on 95.7 The Game. A little bit of breaking news there uh, on the injury front. James Wiseman's actually going to miss tonight on that 4.30 injury report. He popped up uh, on it tonight uh, with a left ankle sprain. So he is out for the game tonight. Uh, more at about 5.15 from Steve Kerr when he meets with the media. Jamichael Green remains out uh, in addition to Steph, in addition to Iguodala and Wiggins. But yeah, Wiseman not going to be able to go in this one. The Warriors had sent Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rollins down to play in a G League game last night. They were recalled today, so both of them will be uh, among the actives, at least available, PBJ and, and Rollins. Uh, but no Wiseman in this one, and then just DiVincenzo and Draymond Green, both probable. Uh, they've been playing through a little, little bit of soreness. That's a huge advantage to have Santa Cruz so close, uh, you know, being such close proximity. Because otherwise, I mean, not every team's G League team is a drive away, right? Right. Yeah. Some of these guys have to get on the bird and fly. Um, that 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 could have left them very shorthanded. They any indication of where Wiseman hurt the ankle, or I mean, because this was not in the game, right? This was on a, in, a, in a practice. Yeah, or? it could have been. Although they didn't practice yesterday, so it, I mean, it, it it could have been in the game and something that that lingered and just wasn't thrown on there. It could have been something that that maybe popped up in a different way. I think. Uh, Stay tuned at five fifteen. I think we'll probably get an answer from from Coach Kerr at that point when when he meets with with everybody. But yeah, as far as PBJ, uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, he the, the story of the other night. I mean, he was in Santa Cruz, went through a practice in the in the morning in the afternoon at Santa Cruz with the with the G League squad, and then they said, "Hey, there's some questionable players. Don't know what the situation's going to be. You're getting called back up." They brought a car for him and Rollins, and 
He said he had a couple peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and, and rolled up to Chase at about 6 o'clock. PB&J had some PB&J? He did, and he said it was also the first time, <laughs> or, or, or I guess recently is the first time that he's, he said he never ate them growing up as a kid. It was always... Never? Yeah, it was. that was one of the little headlines from the post-game press conference. That's not a good That's not a good revelation. It's hard to trust anybody who's never had PB&J. He, he said he had not had a PB&J up until the last couple of weeks. I guess they were doing some kind of uh, Warriors Productions, like, video shoot thing about, you know, PB&J, eating PB&J, and he said, I never really had them before. So he had them, and he liked them enough to where now it sounds like maybe they're a more regular part of the afternoon snack quotient all right so i'll go pb and j but i go i gotta go light on the on the on the peanut butter light on the peanut butter. okay i mean i i can't have i can't have i can't you know gop on lots of peanut butter because then it's just it becomes too peanut butter e what's your go-to peanut butter and jam or jelly like what's kind of like a raspberry kind of okay. like a, a raspberry jelly um you know maybe a smucker's raspberry with a light uh, coating of peanut butter but the other thing is you got to get you got to go peanut butter all throughout you know you, you can't you can't just you got to really spread it around you got to really spread yeah. it around i like a little thicker spread i think than I've you heard that about th- you. than you do uh, <laughs> and then also <laughs> Also, I I'm, I'll do a little toasted PB and J. Like I'll, I'll do you like nuts I'll in your PB and J. Do you want do you yeah. want a, do you go nutty or do you go smooth? It, it really doesn't matter. Could be I, I could go either way with it. But I like to warm the bread, like toasted bread, and then oh, where, where the, the where the peanut butter will melt a little bit. Oh, look you at get you. A little bit of warm. Yeah, that's how, that's how, <laughs> that's that's how you roll. That's how I roll. Now, on do it. you go healthy peanut butter or do you go like jiffy or something? You oh, know? I'll go completely unhealthy. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I'll go both ways with it. But I go. Uh, yeah, it if I get matter. the wrong peanut butter at my house, my wife takes it back. Oh wow. Like it's got to be, it's, it's got to like, be the healthier end. It's got to be like you know, Laura Scudders or you know, some right. some good <laughs> peanut butter. If I get if I get Jiffy, it's like you. Do you know? Did you? You got Jiffy? She doesn't like take the ba- like look at the back of it and go, <laughs> hey, th- you don't want this, this, and this, and this in your body ever. What? What are you doing? You know, that's what I. That's what I gotta. You know, just you know, put the hands in the air and be like, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. Uh, you know, boysenberry. Uh, it's got to be. We get people on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Boys and berries for the win. For some people, say apricot. For, apricot's not apricot's bad. Apricot's not bad. I, I would go st- strawberry. Strawberry's yeah, not bad. It's not bad. Raspberry's fine. What do you think of grape? I'm okay you with like it. Grape. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Grape's not bad. I'm okay little, with grape. Little different. Little different consistency. A little. Yeah. Little. Little runnier. Little. Little. You know. Now that just you that, really spread that. That grape. goes well with the melted. You know, a little bit of the melted gooey peanut butter as well. Almond butter from the 707. Okay. Okay, almond butter. Okay, that's fine. I don't go peanut butter. I go almond butter. That's fine. All right. If you you got an allergy, maybe you got got an allergy. To me, you got to have milk. Do you go milk or do you go water? I mean, you can't you can't go with any kind of you know you got to have something to kind of I I would wet pro- your I'd go milk yeah milk, yeah yeah I would go milk to just right. keep it you know you can keep everything from sticking there you go so yeah pe- he said he had one he had one and had a couple of them actually liked it so much came went yeah, back like for he went two. back for it it was like hey you're going to you're we're bringing the car around it was basically we're bringing the car around and we're taking <laughs> it to chase because you might have to play tonight. So grab something to eat, and he gra- he had a couple PB and Js ready. Well, you know, I really like Baldwin, and you know what? If this if this gives him a little bit more run, good. I, I would like to see him out there a little bit more. I really believe that he's kind of a he's a young guy in name only. I think he, you know, everybody's, you, you know, you're every rookie is not like every other rookie. Some rookies are more experienced than others. Uh, heck, we're seeing that with Brock Purdy in the NFL right now. He's a lot more experienced than your typical rookie. And I think Baldwin, as the son of a coach, as a guy who was a five star um, recruit, as a you know a guy who was the star of his his uh, college team, he seems to be a a little bit more advanced, um, so we'll see. I'd love, love to see him get some run. Yeah, opportunity for him to to potentially get some run tonight. As the Warriors would, they're going to look to go small. I, I think that there will be opportunities probably for wings to play. I would imagine the Warriors would take Looney off the floor and, and a little earlier. Maybe he'd start take him off the floor a little earlier to where he could maybe play an extra shift to where you would have either him or, or Draymond out there at the at the center 
at, at all times, huh. uh, you know, in, in the game tonight, or you just go small, you play without. I mean, could even see maybe a little Kaminga at center tonight. I think in a in a pinch. You know, in, in a lot of people's minds, the biggest concern about James Wiseman was not necessarily the development in his game, but his relative health or lack thereof. You know, because mostly due to the knee. Right. Right. This is the first time this he's is, had that an injury this year, which is you know a few people were kind of that's a little bit of a downer, but yeah. But I mean, I, you know, he does some things that Kevon Looney can't do, and other Warrior big men can't do. You know, he he's got an ability to finish around the around the rim offensively. It's just a matter of the feel. You know what I mean? He's he hasn't played a lot, so his feel is not great. And then, if, especially on the defensive end, it's a difficult transition playing in the NBA uh, and playing defense in the NBA. So. You know, I, I do think that Wiseman's going to get there. I hope, you know, somebody asked, are the Warriors still, you know, talking about trading Wiseman? I hope they're committed to the development of James Wiseman and, and keep that patience. Because when you look at his talent and you look at the potential of what he could be, J.D., in like two years, three years, you're going to be absolutely kicking yourself if you moved him at this point, especially for the the rumors that I've seen. You know, trade him to San Antonio for Jakob Pertl. Yeah, yeah. Would they be a little bit better this year with Jakob Pertl? Yeah. Uh, is Jakob Pertl going to be more consistent rotation player? Yeah. But the upside that you would be giving in that trade, I, I just couldn't. I couldn't pull the trigger on that. I, it's tough to to give up somebody with high upside for a role player. Like I think that's that's what ultimately would be hard for the Warriors to swallow. Quickly here before we get to Jim on the phones, uh Nutella, Nutella getting a little chocolate. Yeah, a little, little chocolate spread. You know, I, I'm not a big Nutella fan myself. Okay. Um but do people go chocolate and peanut butter kind of like you could go, almost like a Reese's yeah, oh, yeah, Reese's absolutely. on a, on, a, on bread? Absolutely. Yeah, that's killer with the toasted bread. I know as my well. kids like uh Nutella. Are you a Nutella man yourself? Not really. Didn't have it a lot growing up. I I had it in in college. There were a few people in college that like that roommates. Where'd you go? You Sac State? Sac Sac State. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, a couple of my buddies always had. We're both Sac State guys. We are. That's right. Yes. Yes, sir. Incredible. It's amazing the it education really that we have gotten. I don't know that we've had that connection. Big big year for the Sac State football squad. That's right. Troy Taylor coaching at Stanford. Coaching at Stanford now. No, it's big. A uh, blackberry jam and ice cold milk from the five one zero. Ice cold milk. Ice cold milk. Now my father used to put ice cubes in his milk. Okay. I mean, and now that's I always thought that was normal until you know I got to that age where I'm like, you know what, ice cubes and milk are not normal. Well, it it yeah, it just it makes the milk not. Well, milk, it, it depends if it's way. whole milk. If it's whole milk, it can make it a little bit, you know, like, you know. But if you already have non-fat milk and you throw some ice cubes in there, that's straight water. It, it, yeah, it just that's that's not a great too beverage. Too watery. Not a great beverage. Too too watery. No no question. Uh, 888-957-9570. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll get to Jim. We'll get to Kay coming back on the other side here. We still got one more hour to go. Before Warriors Live here, putting uh, putting a wrap on 2022 as we are presented by Fremont Bank Full Service Banking, no compromises. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 